Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. How's it going, Bren? Uh, I'm going all right, actually. It's, you know, work's work, so there's that. Uh, but, like, outside of it, I've, I've kind of think I've gotten out of my funk of games, and it's for the worse? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, but uh, you sound enthusiastic about it, so that's interesting. <laughs> like, I've enjoyed playing them again, but it's... Uh, I'm, uh, it's the year of the relapse for me. It's We can get to it uh, a little later. I mean, it's the games I'm playing, but it's a roguelike relapse for me. So Yeah, that's fair. I shouldn't be playing. I shouldn't be enjoying how much I'm playing them. That's even the more important thing. It's like, uh, anyway, we won't start no, it's all good. It's funny that like you're saying like, oh, you're getting out of this rut, whereas I feel like I'm completely entering one. I mm-hmm. haven't played a game in like fucking weeks. I don't know what my problem is. It's just life is getting busy. I have yeah. stuff going on with the record label that is just like eating up a lot of my time. And then I just don't really find myself playing much games. The only game I'm still playing continually is that mobile game, uh, the roller toaster. God damn it. Roller coaster. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> tycoon game that a uh, touch that i'm really enjoying but i am like progressing and getting into the higher levels so recently i got to level 35 which unlocked this area called the mall where you can like buy cards so that like makes it easy if you're like looking to get like specific cards uh that are hard to come across because otherwise you're just waiting on like a timer based thing where it's like where you get mm-hmm. different opportunities for free card packs or you could like watch an ad to get another one um but that's what i feel like i'm in a complete like I feel terrible having a video game podcast and I haven't played shit in a while and I'm like relying on my co-hosts a little bit here, but I do have a game or no game that we'll get to eventually. And there's a couple things going on in, in the news. I know last episode we had Mark and Pat Johnston on to talk about the stadia and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you have any input on that at all or not really? Nope. I saw like the headlines, like Google's got a new uh, video game thing. I was like, huh? Neat. And then just kept moving walking. on. Like <laughs> yeah. in my mind, it's the Oya or whatever that Steam had, where it's like, "This is going to be the console war killer. Everyone's going to own this, and PlayStation and Xbox and you know the Switch aren't going to matter anymore because this is the one console everyone had." And fucking right. no one bought it. Like just fucking no one bought it. You're absolutely right there, but I feel like that is the equivalency here. They're trying to say this will be a console killer. I'll just give you the TLDR, and for anybody who missed last week's episode, it's basically like a cloud-based like a console essentially so you can their whole goal is for you to be able to stream 1080p video games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or some shit in your Chrome browser <laughs> and the only only requirement is that you have a 20 megabyte connection so like yeah if you have 20 megabits down you should be good to go. And the, I don't honestly know much more about it than that. I'd have to do a little bit more research myself because it is so new and fresh. But it, in theory, it's like, man, that makes really intense games super accessible. And maybe people will not want to have to own a console and deal with hardware issues if they can access their game library via Chrome. It That feels like the same to me as like the 4K TVs. It's like, sure, you have the hardware to do this thing, but you don't have the like stable connection to do this thing. It doesn't matter how big your 4K TV is, if you're not watching any channels that record or create content in 4K to watch it on. And I think that's the same thing with this Google thing. Like They can have all their aspirations they want of playing Assassin's Creed in a browser, which honestly you probably could. Assassin's Creed are janky as shit. Like, Origin's <laughs> apparently the only decent one out of the last like 10 years. Oh, geez. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like they're even saying more modern games than that. That's just probably a bad example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, but like, yeah, Google can have all that, those goals that they want. But FCC just disbanded net neutrality like a year or two ago. And the internet companies are, you know, an oligopoly. They're all kind of agreeing like, hey, you stay in your areas, we stay in ours, and we'll just fuck over to consumers together. So, <laughs> like, even watching Twitch streams, I'll have to set it down to, like, 360p just to run smoothly so, like, the frame, the video's not stuttering or anything or stream. And, like, the quality sucks. Like, I can't see a lot of detail, but I'm mostly watching it, you know, in the background and stuff while I'm doing something else. So, it doesn't yeah. matter. But, like, even that, like, in L.A., a very prominent city, and, like, we pay a decent amount for internet, and we're still getting screwed over all the time. So, like, I don't 
exp- like that's reliant on ISPs and the internet to not be shitty for this Absolutely. Google thing to work. That was Mark's concern. And that's it's, the funny thing is, though, it's Google. They're trying to like flex hard on their audience, be like, are, are, we're more powerful than Sony and Xbox com- xbox combined when it comes to like teraflops and stuff so it's like they're i remember my concern is like yeah is this server is going to get super stressed and gonna like for everybody playing are you gonna have problems yeah. apparently google's just has so much resources they're like that won't ever be an issue like we're mm, fucking stocked we'll see we'll see yeah agreed uh, yeah it's definitely just the newest and latest thing in gaming in the gaming industry. So we'll, and it's almost like, yeah, Mark's also said it, he doesn't like Google to begin with. So it's just yeah. kind of like unwelcomed. So it's like, you guys are really kind of like make your name in the space when nobody really wants you. <laughs> yeah. If you did this back like 15 years ago or so, and Google was like the peak of like, we're a cool company. We got beanbag chairs and colored letters on our <laughs> logos. Like if you did it then like, yeah, people would be jumping at the bit. Like Google's kind of like, evil now like google yeah, exactly asshole. so like you're not on best terms mark has the tinfoil hat on a bit and i agree with him though in this day and age it's smart to think outside of the box and think that everyone's out to get you because they probably are i mean they kind of there's a degree of paranoia that's i don't even want to say healthy but it's understandable <laughs> right there's a degree of skepticism and paranoia that, like, no company truly has the... I've gone on this right before. No company truly has the best... Uh, your best interest at heart. Their best interest nope. is their best interest, not yours. So, like, if Google has the chance to fuck you over, they will. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but Mark's favorite movie is also Antitrust. A weird, like, early 2000s movie about, to, you know, bringing down giant uh, monopolies on companies. And he just... He fucking loves that movie, and I feel like that might be coloring his uh, vision a bit. But like, you know, that's amazing. Don't trust giant corporations. I've always said that from the beginning. So it's you know, I'm not one to poo-poo on it, but there's there's a degree where it's like, if you want to function in our the society that we currently have, you have to get you have to work with them a bit or use their services a bit, unless you just want to be the hermit out in the woods off the grid. Like, unless you want to go that far, you can. But it's kind of a all like all or nothing sort of deal. You can't use Definitely. some technology and not have it compromise your privacy compromised in some way. So I'm really looking forward to the chance if we get Basta back on the show to get his input Someday. on the Stadia because he's got a lot of well, thoughts on it, and I, and that's the thing. I feel like he's going to be a huge advocate for it, and but then again, he's a big <laughs> flip flopper because yeah. he was a big advocate for, yeah, the, for Switch. the Switch. And that was the thing. He just fucking tweeted about it like, "Oh, new Pokemon game sucks," and I was like, "You got a fucking Switch? Are you kidding me?" And he was just like, "No, his uh, significant other did," and I'm like, "Well." God damn it. Like, just like, <laughs> of course they advocate. do before you do. Yeah. So, yeah, he, when we found out that the Stoya Stoya, whatever this fucking thing is, uh, yeah, he was the first one to, like, you know, jump on board and say, like, this is why it's going to be great and kill the consoles and stuff. And we're just like, we've seen this before. <laughs> we, know, we know what you did last time when the Switch got announced. Like, we'll see. Yeah. I, and I think Basta actually hates video games. I don't know why he's on the show. <laughs> I, love, I love him. I appreciate it. Without him, this show wouldn't have continued because we wouldn't have Pinecast. Right. But like, of course. I think he hates video games. No, I hear you. He also hates anime, but we got to have him <laughs> on to talk about both. We got to bounce uh, it out. A little bit. Uh, but that's the thing. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't sure if I was for or against it. It seems like cool technology and just something that we, I don't know, should keep our eye on. But then again, I agree with Mark. Google is evil, so maybe fuck it. And also, I am more or less like the retro guy that likes like cassette tapes and like the physical yeah. media and like actually collecting things and like... All of these trends are all just going, let's have everything be digital. And it's like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I want to spin a record. Like, I literally want to ha- hold something in my hands and be like, I'm a human being, not a robot. <laughs> I, I see the appeal of both. There's the appeal of, like, digital for convenience sake. So for me, like, the reason I got into Steam and a lot of PC gaming is for convenience. Because I was moving around for a bit, and I was always going to take my computer with me, but I wasn't always going to have a TV or a console with me. So I was like, ah, I can't. I don't want to bring all this extra crap just to play these games when I could easily just put them on the machine I already have with me. And the same with digital, like, I don't... I grew up... I don't know, I don't want to shit, I don't want to complain, because, like, my parents are here and they'll murder me if I fucking complain. <laughs> I, I had too much toys. But, like, I had a lot of shit growing up. My my dad's kind of a hoarder. He's borderline pack rat, and he can't throw anything out. And, like, being out on my own, I'm glad I have, like, less 
there's like minimalism because I'm poor, so I just can't afford a lot of things. <laughs> but then there's also like minimalism, like I don't want to clean around a lot of shit. So I just exactly a, like, a, you know duster and just rub against the walls every now and then, and I'm fine. I don't have to like move all of my figures and all of this and all of that and rearrange my desk just to clean it once a month. And then yeah, I just I'm not that big of a collector anymore. I used to be, and I mean not even that much of a collector when I was younger, but like I did enjoy having a bunch of stuff. And now I'm just you know. My room is basically my bed, my computer, and a bunch of, like, art prints taped up on the walls. And that's it. Like, it's very minimal, and I'm, I'm happy with it. So, for me, the digital would be appealing, but I could definitely understand why someone like you, and especially retro gamers like Adam and stuff and Brittany, exactly. like, prefer the physical. A, because, like, well, I guess before you didn't have an option with retro stuff. It was only that way. <laughs> but now everything's being remastered, and, you know, you get the micro uh, consoles and stuff. But, yeah, I definitely see the appeal of the... What are those, the steel books, which are the covers on the games that are, like, very artistically done and tastefully, and not just yeah. generic, plastic, crappy, like, Xbox 360 case. So, I, I see people, like, gamers collecting those, and um, a lot of people collecting, like, action figures, and, like, I, I got a few uh, D&D minis, which are cool, but they're also, like, mini. They're super small, so they don't take up space. Um, but, like, I, I can see the appeal of it, and it's, it's why we got both options still. If there was ever a... Company saying like, no, all of our games are forever only digital, and if you you know want the physical copy, you can fuck right off. Then it's like, well, that sucks. But then we got limited run games who do great, exactly like so much great little merch, and they have like, I don't know, they're probably one of the top contenders for releasing records of video game music because they sell yes. records from, and they're so good. You're reading so, my mind, Brent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> limited run. If you want uh, sponsor, if we can get sponsorship, hey, yeah, we'll there you go. Yeah, we fucking love your stuff. We really do, though. Uh, it's such a cool company. And that's funny. As you were saying that, the, the only downside to collecting is, yeah, when you have to move that. Like, when I moved into my new house, uh, bringing the record collection was the only time I was like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. like, but it's, but it's, uh, once you have it all set up again and it's just like something you can enjoy, it's really, I don't know. You get like, some like special gratification out of it and you get to like support the various bands and labels that, uh, you're into. So there's yeah. a lot of, you benefits support, there you support the like creators or company but as well as supporting other people who crafted those things like artists or anything who makes like you know a statue or a print or an artwork of it or something and so it supports more people than rather just being digital and just being like one-on-one sort of and also it's you know there's a degree of comfort i had a roommate who when we first moved in it was like very sterile the apartment was very like empty and i put up a few uh posters and stuff and she's like oh wow your your room feels like more like it's it was empty it was just posters but she was like oh it feels more like homey more comfortable more comfortable in there i was like yeah you just you know people shouldn't be surrounded by just white walls i see like all those like advertisements or like mac ads especially where it's just like ooh, everything's white and sleek and minimal and spacious i'm just like oh god you look like patrick bateman from american psycho like you look like you just <laughs> killed a thousand people like oh i hate it like i i like not having the clutter of a pack rat or hoarder but there is uh, a degree of clutter I need to feel comfortable. So yeah, or weird. else it feels like a prison cell wall or something. Yeah, exactly. It's so uh, yeah, weird. But how do, how do anyway, I don't even. I was just gonna say that I don't know how our show ends up on tangents like we end up. But <laughs> this is a video game podcast. Uh, do we have any other games we've been playing, or do we just want to dive into show topics and stuff? I, I like I said, I haven't played shit, and I feel bad. Um, I got some games I'm playing, but unfortunately none of them are new. Um, and it'll kind of segue into show topics nicely. Uh, so Crypt of the Necro Dancer got back into that because oh, I, yeah. I got like, that's probably the least amount of hours I have in a roguelike, which is actually very impressive. Uh, it was only like 20 or so. And I was kind of amazed by that because I, I really enjoyed it, but like, it's fucking tough. You gotta, you gotta move with the beat of the music. And every time you move, you attack. Like, there's no just attack button. So you have to time out your movement with the attacks. But then you also have to time out the movement against the enemy's attacks that are usually much better and stronger. And it's just so unforgiving. Right now, uh, in the game where you defeat it, it's a dungeon crawler. And you can play with a DDR pad, like a dance pad. Because the controls are only the arrow keys. Like, it's very simple controls. And... Every time you kill a monster in there, they drop coins, or most of the time. And when you beat a few challenges, you unlock different characters. And one of the characters is a monk. And his caveat is, 
can't pick up any coins. It's a vow of poverty. So if you touch a coin of any kind, instant death. Instant game over, you guys do another run. And it's Damn. so unforgiving. I actually beat the boss of like the zone two. I got through like the four floors, beat the boss, and then I was going towards the exit. That's uh, like brickwork on the floor, and there was a single gold coin on there that I did not see because it was being covered <laughs> by an object. And I stepped on it, instant died. Had to redo everything over again. And it's just so brutal. But it's such a great game. Like, it's so incredibly well done. And you can put your own music into it and create different levels. And there's, like, daily challenges. And there's a bunch of characters. It's just, it's such an incredible, like, labor of work. That's so beautifully well done. But holy hell, do I remember why I have so few hours in it now. It's brutal. Uh, But I'm playing that because I'm getting ready for, uh, I believe it's coming out this summer, is a sequel to it called uh, The Cadence of Hyrule. And it's a Crypt of the Necrodancer Legend of Zelda crossover. Oh, shit. I was going to say, wait, how do they have rights to that? But no, yeah. okay. Because <laughs> it's it's an indie game, and the Switch is out right now. And the Switch is all about fucking indie games. So, yeah, Nintendo partnered up with them. And it's it's going to be... It's a whole new game. It's not just like, hey, it's Crypt of the Necrodancer with Zelda music in it now. It's a whole new game. It's set in Hyrule. I think it's like Link's Awakening sort of maps. Um, kind of the old retro style of like Zelda back in those days. Uh, the look to it especially and the like one of the best parts of zelda like of all the games and no one can deny it, is the music so you could like play to the music and stuff and it you could play as link as zelda or uh, candace or cadence uh, as the main character's name and yeah i'm really looking forward to that yeah that's fucking awesome but by replaying crypt of the necrodancer now i'm realizing it's gonna be tough <laughs> it's gonna be real hard so um, get some practice in beforehand pretty much and i'm trying to see how much i can still unlock because like uh isaac and a few other roguelikes i unlocked like most of the stuff necrodancer like i said i only had 20 hours in like it's only. not a lot only <laughs> no. 20 hours that's i know but that's not you're right um and in line with that i am also reinstalled enter the gungeon because i love me some roguelike crack cocaine because i'm just so fucking addicted to the genre and no one else seems to be at least no one i know seems to be no, I think it's like the the age, the golden era of roguelikes. It seems to be a popular genre oh, that a lot of developers. I mean, like no one are... I personally know. Like, my oh, th- I hear you. Okay, yeah. yeah, my my mistake. No, yeah, it's definitely the golden age, and it's just I think they can just give you so much content, and it's while it's both very impressive and difficult to make, it's also I guess like easier because you just have a you know random number generator and stuff, and could reuse so many assets over and over again. So I think it's easier for indie devs to make versus like. Uh, some other games were just like a massive open world and it's like a 3d space and it's like hey we're gonna rely on that little nostalgia for a bit and we're just gonna do pixel top down dungeon crawlers and i'm just like i'm in let me get that yep so uh but yeah enter the gungeon is <laughs> my second most played game i think on steam i got like 285 hours in it so like compared to necrodancer 20 hours is nothing like that's why i say only 20 hours in that um, and I think I maybe have like almost 700 hours of Binding of Isaac total. That one's done though. I'm I'm done. I'm out. I'm not never going back to that. Yeah, that was a dark time. It sounds like you got plenty of time in that. That was that was a lot of drunken nights in college, just playing Isaac till fucking four in the morning. Um, but Enter the Gungeon has an update coming out at least as of we're recording next week. So like the first week of April, and it's a free update for everyone. And I think they said like a hundred new guns and a hundred new enemies and like it's a big update and it's free. Everyone's getting it and it's going to be the last update for the game. After that, they're moving on to other projects. So I just, I got to check it out. I got so much time in that game and I played it for hours and hours, even when I unlocked everything. Like there was nothing left for me to really do in it. And I still probably clocked in maybe another 50 hours into it. So it's just like. It's just really solid. It's just a really good game, and it only gets better with more stuff unlocked. The downfall of it is it's kind of boring and really tough to get into for the first, like, 20 hours or so, or, like, 15 <laughs> hours. It's a big hurdle, like, Holy big shit. barrier of entry. Because all the beginning guns are just regular guns, like a shotgun and, like, a pistol and an AK-47. And it's not until you buy more guns and unlock more secrets that you start getting like the magical stuff like the guns that turns people into chickens and like the flamethrowers and like the homing missiles and like there's so many crazy guns in that game and one that just shoots cannonballs that ricochet around the room 
Uh, one of them was just the needler from Halo. It's like homing needles that then explode on people when they attach. So there's so many cool stuff in it and the combos into weirder stuff. But the problem is you have to unlock all that to get it. So there is, I, I do warn people there is a degree of uh, barrier of entry to get into that one. But it's, it's That's very well hilarious. It's just, it reminds me of the show Hollywood Handbook. It's a podcast that I absolutely adore. And I feel like it's a, like a running joke amongst fans of that show when they try to tell other people like, yeah, get into the show that I like. It's like, I don't even know. You have to listen to like 20 to 30 episodes before you're like, oh, I get this. And they're funny. Yeah. But it's like, but they actually, oh my God. And once you get to that point, it's just like absolutely gold. But the the horrible thing is, I feel like they've been funny that whole time. It's just like <laughs> weird for us to have to like have them grow on you to be like, these are my favorite comedians. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I do adore that show. And it, it's just, they have that reputation. Yeah. I have the same thing with a, a show that I think has since ended, uh, Pistol Shrimps Radio. Where it's just like, oh, nice. People will listen to it and be like, this is really dumb. I was like, yes, that's the appeal. That's what I like about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it's just really silly. Oh, man. That's uh, great. But the final one, like, the reason this is like the relapse year for me is, you know, but those two games so far. Already, yeah. Already. <laughs> but Risk of Rain is an old roguelike that I had a good amount of time in, probably more than 20 hours, but probably not much more because it was so brutal. That's one where they had, I'm going to say maybe like 10 characters or so, and I unlocked maybe two oh, or maybe three out of like all of them. And I was just like, I'm out. It's so hard. It's so brutal. There's only like three or four stages in the whole game, and it's a 2D side-scrolling shooter. And the stages aren't that big. It's not like a Metroidvania where you have to go through this whole like castle or cave system or anything. Like it's a it's a pretty small stage, like for platforms and stuff at different heights. But you just get swarmed with monsters and like enemies. It's just like horde mode, a roguelike horde mode, and it's just brutal. And sometimes you just get absolutely nothing to work with, and it's really tough. But they are the developers that also made Deadbolt. Which is one of my favorite games. Oh so, yeah, um, Risk of Rain Two has actually been in the works, and they've talked about it. And it's going to be three D, and so it's going to be a third person three D shooter in a, like an open world, and it's going to be co op online, so you can play with friends. And I think it's up to like four people, and that way it can help balance it. I mean, I'm sure it scales with more people; it gets harder. But this way, it's not just one guy getting so swarmed and overwhelmed entirely and with 2d you can only go in so many directions if you couldn't jump over a monster and he corners you you're dead like that's it but with, yeah with 3d it gives you so much more mobility and able like areas to run around and avoid the monsters with it should be a little easier in that regard i'm sure they're gonna make the monsters just as brutal um but <laughs> for it, sure they're they're ruthless but it's such like a really cool game and they just announced the second one. Hey, guess what? Boom, it's out in early access right now. It just did no warning whatsoever. It's just like, oh. Damn. Oh, shit. And, like, it looks like one of those, like, it's pretty much done early access. Like, it's like, maybe we'll give ourselves, like, two more months to, like, buff out the bugs. And stuff. But otherwise, this game's pretty much finished, And from what I can tell. So, I bought that because they also had a promotional deal. Where if you buy it within the two like first two days, you get a free copy to give to a friend so you can try and co-op it. So I give it to a coworker of mine. We, I've been talking to him about it. So yeah, within like two weeks, some of my like three favorite like roguelike games are just like, hey, we got sequels coming out or like a big update. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck. <laughs> right back in the forefront. It's like, let's yeah. steal Bren's life Pretty and all much. of his free time away. Right when I'm trying uh, to like do other things, like I'm trying to be productive. I just got like a tablet that I'm gonna like try and start writing with and stuff. Like it's just like, oh I well sorry buddy, you're useless now. Cause the yep. roguelikes have pulled me back in. You'll just use that tablet to pull up, like, I don't know, maps or, like, just, like, what <laughs> item can I get? Yeah, have a second thing. <laughs> have the cheat sheet going. I mean, there I had go. that with Isaac by the end. It was, like, what combos into what? Where can I get that? And I had it on my second monitor all the time. That's what I feel like. You have the knowledge base that you could write that book at this point. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> that, much. It was, that's funny. Oh, God, it's... I'm go- like I. The reason I got the tablet though is, like, so I can leave my apartment and just get away from my computer because it has so many tempting tantalizing things that distract me and make me unproductive so i'm just like i need to be able to write away from my safe space right 
That so, makes sense. You mentioning that the game in early access, the sequel that you already purchased. Risk of Rain. Or, uh, yes. Um, that that reminded me, there is a game that I was on the verge of purchasing, and then I ended up just saying no, and it's because it's early access, and I brought it up on the show before, but I don't know if I mentioned this, but uh, it's that game Skater XL. I've been looking for oh, yeah. a great skateboard video game for a long time now, tried Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, and in fact, like, forced it down my throat to be like, <laughs> I do like this, but I didn't. It was just like, it was just a terrible game, but I ended up playing it, like, regardless, just because I, I wanted the skateboarding it. fix. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, so then I pull up Skater XL on Steam, and I'm like, you know what? It's 20 bucks. It's an early access. That's not a big price tag. Let's just do it. But then I'm like, you know what? Let me read a couple reviews here first. And that's what kind of triggered me to be like, I'm going to pass on this. A lot of the most recent reviews were people saying like, the devs seem to be out already and are relying heavily on the modding community. And it just seems like this game Uh. will never get finished. And they're saying things like, they wish they would have waited to purchase the game and it's basically just a $20 technical demo and it's not really fleshed out at all. And I'm like, mm, I, I want to support them, but I'm just, I, yeah, I don't necessarily, I'd much rather play a full game and be like, this is what I'm getting into. And it seems like, yeah, their concerns are valid and I'm just kind of going to wait to see what happens with that game before investing any money. Yeah, that's the appeal of like early access. It's like you can see something and keep it on your horizon, put it on your you know wish list or like, you know keep an eye on list. But yeah, a lot of yep. these recent reviews are not kind. Um, and you know that's the problem with early access is it could like anything it could have been a good tool or feature for developing games and updating it in real time and figuring like you know having a bunch of people beta testing essentially and like finding out all the problems with it early and then fixing it. And you're giving yeah. them a little incentive, like, oh, here's a bonus, here's a free skin, here's a, you know, a, something for testing out early and giving it, you know, going on us on good faith. But it gets abused so often by uh, different studios or just shitty people. And they're just like, hey, I can lure out this shitty game and call it early access and people will play it. And all the bugs are actually a feature. Wink. Looking at you, Bethesda. You fucking ass. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. And like Ark, uh, I think a guy. Actually, just recently did a video on uh, Ark. He's like a huge Ark player, and he's like a big in that community, I suppose. And he called out some, called out the game and some of their glitches, saying like, "Hey, this is broken as shit, and it's actually like impairing the game." And they just straight banned him, like a global ban of like, "Hey, you pointed out our bugs in our system, cool, fuck you," and just banned like this very like the guy that uh, played Fallout seventy six for like nine hundred hours and got banned from that. Like, there's just yeah. so many instances of people like. Not even just being kind of shitty with early access, but straight abusing and like just taking advantage of all of their fans are willing to go out on a limb and buy it early. So it's just like, oh, it's just so demoralizing. Yeah, it really is. That's such like a shitty tactic. And I don't know. It it makes me hope that people that were screwed over don't purchase anything else from them or like they don't continue as a studio to like sell games and just fuck people over like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's tough with the boycott. Everyone wants to boycott EA and, you know, a bunch of other shitty studios, but people keep buying them and that's going to keep making them do it. Like, unless they stop, unless they see the financial hit, they're not going to stop doing anything. So, right. Well, and this makes me think, uh, speaking of skateboards and people just screwing people over, I just today got in the mail. I purchased a limited edition. One of my favorite bands is Circus Survive and they had like on their one merch website, skate decks with the album art for all the albums that they've done so there was like a hundred skate decks per album Mm -hmm. and they were just selling like hotcakes in fact when it was actually crazy when i went to buy these online like the website wasn't necessarily crashing but what happened was i would like like, put one in my cart or you'd put one in your cart and by the time you get the checkout it's like nope it's sold out and i was like oh that's crushing and it was just like yeah but okay so then uh, long story short i ended up messaging my fiance lauren about it being like this is what's going down i want to get one of these skateboards but they're selling out can you help me maybe you could try to get one uh we ended up 
she ended up getting one for their album On Letting Go, so I was like thrilled about that. But I really wanted one for the album Jaterna, their first album. It's like just so formative for me and just something I have a signed copy by Anthony Green. So like it's really meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going back on there just being like on a whim, adding it to my cart because I know the website was acting funky. It literally was sold out. But then when I went back, there was an option to add it to my cart. I did. I got through checkout. And I did purchase the one that I wanted, and she got the other one. Uh, But today they arrived, and I just know that when people were selling them, you didn't even have the board in your hand yet, but people were putting them up on eBay for like $200 and shit. It was like, oh my god, it was just so frustrating, because I think they were selling for like maybe 60 because it was just like a bare deck with, or maybe more, I forget, honestly. It was like fucking months ago. Uh, but they arrived today and I'm really excited, but that's the thing. I'm more or less not sure. Is this a board I'm going to ride or is this a board that I keep for like vanity's sake? Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing. And it's also like that. in the future, it could really retain, retain some value because it is like a limited edition thing. But it also, to me, I'm like, I want to ride it because it's like, what's the fucking point of getting, but it is just the deck. So I have to purchase grip tape and get wheels and trucks and like, it'll be mm-hmm. like a labor of love to get it even rideable. But I'm just like, oh man. Yeah, I've always wondered about that stuff with art because I've I've seen people get really beautiful uh, boards and then just like hanging them up on the wall. Yeah, I might end up doing that with these two specifically because I love both albums, but it's just as someone that is starting to get into skateboarding more, it's just like, I, I want to ride the fucking thing, but I'm not <laughs> sure. That's to be determined. But yeah, I, it's just, it was shitty seeing people sell, flipping on eBay. Oh, and it's like, th- those are going to sit there forever unless someone's dumb enough to buy it. I know a kid in high school, I think, back when the first Xbox 360s were coming out, he bought three of them right away. He you know, one for himself and then two to throw up on eBay. It's like, you piece of shit. Like, yeah. Just because his parents had that money where he could like buy three right away. Capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would make the determining factor if you would buy that artwork for those albums and just hang them up on the wall by themselves, like not as a board. That could be yeah. like a big determining, like if that's good enough art to have as just art. Or oh, it is. Yeah. If it's good enough as a, like an artful skateboard, sort of like how I was saying with like uh, Life is Strange, like it's a good game. I wouldn't like it as a show. So like right. the, like the album artwork, like it might be a good uh, board. It might be a beautiful artwork board, but it might not be good enough for artwork by itself. And like that could be the determining factor for you if you want to ride it or not. Yeah, I think I'm just going to end up riding it because I'm. I don't know. I just don't want to buy something that doesn't get put to use. But then it'll just be like. I don't know, 20 years from now, people be like, that board's worth thousands of yeah. dollars. But I'm like, mine's all scuffed up because I was grinding <laughs> on it. Oh, I man. found that out. I got a little uh, Universe A Zoidberg from Futurama, a little action figure of him. And it's the one where they have the different universes in the boxes, and he's the blue one. Yeah. Uh, so I got a figure of that from like a comic convention years back. And I was like, oh, cool. I took him out. I looked it up the other day, and it goes for like 250 300 online. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like, I would have sold them out immediately if I had the box. Right. Oh, man. Just put them in the box and pretend like you didn't take them out. I don't have (laughs) a box. The box is back in Pennsylvania. (laughs) 3,000 miles Uh, away. Bummer. Uh, I always wonder that, though, with, like, uh, not skateboards, uh, sneakers. People are, like, really big, like, sneaker heads and, like, taking a lot of care and cleaning them. And they're like, oh, you can't, like, you know, scuff it or anything. I'm like, they're made so your feet don't get scuffed. They're literally made. So your feet don't so, get dirty, so they get dirty instead, and it just confuses me. No, I, that confuses me as well. That's got to be a tough one to... It's just like, I have shoes, but I don't wear them. Yeah. It's like people with cars that don't drive them. I don't know. It's just like, let's have nice shit, but not even do anything with it. Too, too much money for your own good. I wonder what yeah. that's like. I wonder if oh, we'll ever it. get there. <laughs> You're making me realize it's my problem with record collecting, too. It's like, I can't listen to all this shit at once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we should have oh, a mark man. on this episode. <laughs> you oh, really Christ. Uh, but maybe let's get back to show topics if there's oh, anything sure. in there before playing uh, a quick game of game or no game. Uh, let's see. Uh, heavy or uh, what's the studio? I forget. Well, anyway, they only made three games, so it's not hard. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I'm forgetting their name too. Yeah, Quantic Dream. Quantum Dreams. Uh, they're coming to PC finally. Their games: uh, Detroit Becoming Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls. They're all coming to PC, but apparently they're going to be an Epic Store exclusive. Yeah. And this is kind of like a big thing. Epic's, Epic Games have really been hammering home lately of like the way we're going to get people away from Steam and come to our store is exclusivity of these games. 
The problem is the Epic Store, like the Epic Game Store launcher, is garbage. The integration yeah. is garbage. The startup's garbage. Like the games they have, like it just it does not work. It's not that Steam's better, or it's not that Steam's good, but at that it's Epic Game Launcher is worse in every way. Then it's just not functional most of the time. So, Damn. And some of the Epic guys were like really proud of like, yeah, we got the exclusivity. Like fuck everyone else. And it's like you can't be cocky when your product's this bad and the fact that like the thing that's selling it the thing that's bringing people into your product isn't your isn't. product <laughs> it's other people's products like you can't be this cocky about it so that sucks um i think i have the epic games thing for no epic does fortnite actually i don't think i have it then because origin is uh the new one apex legends and Origin's oh, not right. bad. It's it's it wasn't great years ago, but they've updated it and it's like it's not bad now, but it's you know, I still really don't have a reason to play it. Yeah, at least it was functional. It's functional. I got I think Dead Space, which I'll never play because I'm a coward, and Mass Effect 2 on there, which I I might go back to, but that's also one I don't want to relapse into because God I love Mass Effect. Um but yeah, so if you wanted to play these Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, but didn't have the console for it, it's coming to PC. Unfortunately it's coming to Epic. So you might have to bite the bullet there, you know, if you want to get some of these exclusive games. Yeah, good news, bad news scenario. Yeah, and the problem is a lot of these games that are exclusive to the Epic uh, games uh, also have advertising on Steam. So they have Steam pages, but you can't buy it on Steam. So people are getting That's really disappointed weird. by that. I forget exactly who. There was a game recently that did that, and people are very pissed off with it. That's like having like I don't I I'm trying to think of an equivalent like like an iTunes page and it's just like buy it at Google Play. Yeah, it's it's like having an Amish store advertising a bunch of like cell phones and smartphones. It's like oh cool, can I buy the iPhone here? <laughs> there we go. No, you can't. You can buy it somewhere else, but not here. It's like then why are you advertising it? It's like they're paying us to. It's like god damn it. So I, that's also a big like uh, annoyance with the big games. What else? Uh, we talked about Switch before, the indie, you know, console, all the PC indie games that people haven't gotten to play now are all coming to Switch, uh, which is great. But we got Castle Crashers being remade for that. That's a classic, and that would do extremely well on Switch. Um, that's back Behemoth, like Newgrounds days. Like, that's an old one, but it's so good. Yeah. Cuphead? Cuphead's coming to Switch. Oh, finally. That was one I always thought would do well on that platform. Mm-hmm. I think they weren't, like... Because it was a Microsoft exclusive. So Cuphead would have done well, like, everywhere. It's a great game. But it was exclusive to Microsoft, and they were a big, like, funder of it early on. So that's who held the rights for it. But I guess they only held the rights for, you know, so many years before it was open to, like, other platforms. But yeah, Cuphead would do extremely well on Switch, especially because it's only two players, or up to two players. So just, you know, the Joy-Cons alone, you can play with those anywhere you go with someone else. Um, And it's... You can kind of cheat the system with the two players in Cuphead. Because if it's one person dies, you're it. That's over. You restart. But if it's two players, one person dies. If you can recover their heart, you can revive them. So you can do that indefinitely as long as you have two people. So you can kind of cheese the system there. And you kind of need to because Cuphead's real hard. Oh, that's what I hear. I got to get around to playing that, and I think I will on the Switch. Yeah, I could easily see you and your fiancé playing it. It's very fun, and it's a lot of the old-timey... hose arm like uh steamboat willy style animation yeah so even if people like didn't actively watch it as childs like everyone's got like fond memories of those like super old cartoons oh for sure i definitely do rubber hose that's uh, the name for it oh that's funny uh one thing i saw uh, was that borderlands 3 trailer was released yeah. uh th- that's like crazy because i feel like everyone's been waiting for that it's it's weird because i hear a good amount of people like, who were endearing of Borderlands and Borderlands 2 are like, oh man, those were fun games. But then I hear a lot of people just actively shitting on it. And I think it's because Borderlands goes hard with their sense of humor. And it's not yeah. for everyone, but they go into it full force, regardless if it's for everyone or not. So a lot of people are like, oh, Mimi culture, hello, random cats, like Borderlands. It's like, yeah, there's some really dumb jokes in Borderlands. But there's also some really good ones. And there's some also some like really good writing and really endearing moments. So they had like Tales from the Borderlands, which was the Telltale game. Yeah. And like there were some straight up like very emotional moments. I've seen people extremely like, crying on stream of these dumb Borderlands characters who are like all lulls random. Like 
some of the writing is pretty legit. Borderlands is good, in my opinion. I, like, you can you can be annoyed by the humor all you want, but like, it's a solid game. Oh, for sure. I yeah, even just gameplay alone, I remember it just being fun as fuck. So yeah, I think I bought it like Borderlands two like three times because I got it on a console, and then I was like, oh, you can co-op it with like other friends. That's what's the most fun. So I bought it on PC to play with friends. And then no, my friends had it. I was like, oh, I'll buy my friend a copy. And then he never fucking played it. <laughs> so I ended up buying it like three times and just soloing it by myself. Um, but uh, what else is there? Oh, and then uh, one thing I love personally about the Borderlands stuff is the first game came out. And there was a fan of theirs who was a really big fan of the first game. And was very excited for the second game. But he actually died. He passed away to cancer before the second game even came out. So a friend of his wrote in, who he played the first game with, co-op, and wrote to Gearbox Studios saying, like, hey, my friend was a huge fan, and he just, like, you know, kind of expressing his uh, passion for the game. And they actually made that kid a character in the second one, and then also had the kind of main character, uh, Claptrap, who's, like, the little square robot rolling around. Yeah. Uh, he They... Gave, he gave them a personal eulogy. Like, there's a video, it's still up on YouTube, you can find it, of him saying, like, hey, like, you know, we are in this war together, and sometimes in war, soldiers are lost, and he goes into this, like, really, really emotional eulogy uh, about this fan of theirs, who, like, he wasn't a, you know, developer's son or cousin or anything. Right. He was just a dedicated fan that his friend wrote in, and it's really great. To see a studio like care that much. About yeah, that's heartwarming for sure, and so, like, rare to see. Yeah, extremely. So that alone, you know, Borderlands is good in my book. Plus, their games are pretty damn fun. So yeah, I, that's that's honestly all, just my experience with that franchise is I've always had a good time. So I just feel like I'm looking forward to the third one. I I don't even think I got around to playing much of two, if any. I maybe played here and there with a friend, like on their console, but I'd never owned it myself. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend two. That's the, I didn't play the first one too. I played like all of and the DLC. Uh, they have like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of DLC, which I strongly recommend. It's very well done. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played most of one, and it was really, really fun. Yeah, and I've said with the Tales from the Borderland, it's, it was an extremely buggy game for me. I don't know if that was just my game or if that was just Telltale, like, kind of, you know, slowly falling apart. Um, but, the like, the music, the characters, the writing was all good. It was just, like, the mechanics itself weren't great. But, like, the stuff Gearbox did was very good. So Fair enough, yep. Uh, what else is there? Oh, Mortal Kombat 11. We've talked about this before, and it you know it's been announced way back uh, with new characters and stuff. But they're bringing back a fan favorite in a in a fan favorite way. So they're bringing back Shang Sun, who's the shape shifting sort of warlock wizard who's in the earlier games who would you know steal people's yeah. souls and then become them. And he was the primary villain in the first Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, I was just gonna say that. I was like, that's who I know him from. Yeah. They, you know, wrote or motion captured the actor. He's going to be Shang Tsung's face in the Mortal Kombat 11. Holy shit. That is yeah. so cool. That is like, just like, I don't know, confirming the lore. <laughs> Kerry Hayuki Tagawa. Oh, God, I probably butchered that fucking name. Um, no, I, uh, it's the Americanized way to say it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's his face on Shang Tsung, and it's like, oh, that's just such. The Mortal Kombat movie is terrible. Yeah, no but one it's can okay. argue that. But it's so cheesy in the best way, and he just, oh, he just chews that scenery like Pac Man. He just picks it up and crunches through it. He is just, oh, I love him. He's such a good actor, and I'm so always sad he's not in more stuff. His most memorable roles for me are Mortal Kombat. And Johnny Tsunami as Johnny Tsunami's grandpa. Oh, shit. That's... Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's... Oh, I'm so happy to see him. Like, they, I guess there was a conference recently, and they showed footage of this. And when he came over the screen, you heard the crowd just go nuts. So, like, it's clearly, like, a fan favorite sort of thing, which is great to see. Because, oh, I love it. Man, and to me, I just don't think of his Mortal Kombat and Johnny Tsunami as, like, raging, like, classics. But I guess... <laughs> But like, people love this dude. That's the thing. They're not classic. They're cheesy as shit. Yeah. But like that's the classics in the cheesy realm. Yeah. That's like when you're homesick and like you just want like 
you know, chicken noodle soup and just something to shut your brain off too. But you get that like fuzzy nostalgia memories coming back to you. Like those are the mouse least- on the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least for me, at least like, and I know Mark and like a few of my friends are like super pumped about it. So that is cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, they could bring Christopher Lambert back as Raiden. That'd be pretty dope. He got real oh, silly yeah. in the second movie, but yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, uh, now I just want to watch those terrible movies. Oh, they're so bad, but so great. Like the Super Mario Brothers movie, no one will say it's a good movie. I don't know a single person that thinks that's a good movie. It's fun, though, because it's so yeah. bad. I just have fond memories, like literally, uh, I don't know how old I was, maybe even preteen or something, but my grandmother would be like, yeah, we're going to the VHS, like, like it wasn't even a blockbuster, it was like a mom and pop shop that just had like rent movies, and every single time she would take me there, I'd rent Mortal Kombat, the first one, and then eventually <laughs> when the second one came out, I would rent that, and that's the thing, it was like hyper-violent shit that she, like, I feel like I'd have to like watch when she wouldn't even be in the room, yeah. so I was just like, I don't even know. But I, I, the funny thing about that, I would, as a child, watch that movie, and as soon as it's over, just watch it again, because mm-hmm. I was like, I guess I had just nothing else better over. going on with my life, and I'm like, this is my favorite. You'd be like, look at the CGI in this, and now it's like, those would be shitty commercial CGI, like, it wouldn't be good commercials. So, yeah, it's, they're so great and just corny as shit, and, you know, that and, like, the Super, or Super, uh, the Street Fighter movie with Raul Julia, like... Oh man, same same with uh, Shang Tsung and his actor. Just chews up that scenery like no one's business, and is easily the best part of that Street Fighter movie because that movie yeah. is fucking awful. But he is yeah. singularly the redeeming quality of that entire movie, and it was his last movie too before he died. So it's just like, oh, it's bittersweet too. So that has another layer to it, and he did it because his kids like Street Fighter. So he's like, this movie's gonna suck, but my kids like it, so I'll do it for them. It's just like, ah. Right. So it's just like that era of like real campy video game movies, you know, versus now where we got Rampage and the fucking rocks in it. He's in all of them. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> like there's no heart to those. But these early like 90s video game movies are just bad. But you could feel the passion of some of the people in it. Yep. Not the Mario Brothers For movie. sure. Everyone is drunk on that movie. But hey, it happens. <laughs> and while we're at, while we're recommending bad movies, check out the original Power Rangers movies. Ah. That's the same level of cheese. That's, it is. It's like fucking, just the opening. I feel like you're just immediately cringing and being like, we're fucking parachuting and like doing some crazy shit. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, that's great. Oh, man. I'm getting just so many memories of that fucking movie. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, I feel like this has come up on our show multiple times, so I'm going to do it one more time. When he fucking brings in, like, the freaking, uh, I don't know what type of bird, if it's a hawk or what, oh, but, like, Falcon? the big mech. Yeah, and he uses that to bridge yeah, a gap yeah. for, like, a goddamn train. <laughs> the train it was goes epic across. as fuck. Oh, my God. Power uh, Rangers. That's when they got it. the ninja suits. They became ninjas in yes. the movie. Because their powers didn't work anymore, so they had to get new animals, new zords. Um, and that one dude's like, I'm a frog? And it's like, yeah, Man. yeah, the Black Ranger. <laughs> Uh, we, oh, man. But frogs are cool. We oh, shit on nerds. so many companies and so many games for solely relying on nostalgia. And that's like 60% of this fucking podcast. It really is. But <laughs> we can't. It's can't we're, it's something it, but, to keep us happy. Yeah. Uh, two more things. Uh, one's a little downer, uh, depending on how you see it. Uh, Minecraft got rid of any reference to Notch, the creator, because he's gone full-blown asshole on the internet. He went from like just trolling people here and there to just being like kind of a Nazi like antagonizer, like kind of riling him up and like just stirring into like kind of the alt extreme crowds. And it's real bad. It's real bad. Oh, jeez. So yeah, why would you do that? Because he's got too much money for his own fucking good and doesn't have to work another day in his life. So he's just pissing people off on the internet because he doesn't go outside. Yeah, but then it's like ruining your own legacy, yeah. like getting your own name scrubbed from a game that you created. Like, yeah. I, I feel like you'd want to. That I feel like that should hurt him, <laughs> like I don't, in a way that like you can't re- really describe. I don't think it does it because I don't really think he cares about Minecraft. I think he's just like, hey, yeah, cool, I made this cool game. Oh, I have all the money. I'm out. Yeah, and like, yeah, he just you're right. I don't think it, he it cares. wasn't. Yeah, that's crazy though. To me, I just feel like you got to remember your roots and be like what got you to where you are yeah i think i think he's just a neckbeard that won the lottery like this is what happens when you just get too much money and not enough self-reflection and you know 
right. know, work on yourself as a human being and not just a shitty internet troll. But yeah, so he's out. Uh, well, good riddance then if he's being a piece of shit. Yeah, it, that's the thing. There's other people who were kind of scrubbed from other companies and it's like, oh, that was an unfortunate incident, but in hindsight, you know, we regret we've done that and all this and that. It's like, no, he's just being a full-blown asshole like by his own accord. So, fuck him. Yeah, uh, that's how it goes sometimes. But on a good note, for once, uh, at least I think it's good, Hyper Light Drifter, indie game from way back that was like all about like just crazy vaporwave colors, like red neon pinks and blues, and just a lot of speed, yes. top-down adventure game uh, made by like a really small indie team. It was just very well done. It got a lot of attention. I think he's actually a playable character in some fighting games. Like he, yeah, you know, it's the Shovel Knight level of like just and like Binding of Isaac level of just embrace from the indie community, where other indie game developers are putting those characters in their indie games because they like them so much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's got an, an incredible soundtrack. I own this oh, game yeah. and only played like a small amount of it. Like I, I probably because it's pretty difficult, so I do yeah. want to get back into giving it another go. Uh, here's your chance though, because it'll kind of like motivate you like to beat it before this happens. It's getting a TV show. Oh shit! No and way. Not only a TV show, but it's being produced by Ad Shankar, the guy who did Castlevania. Oh wait, for Netflix? Oh, fuck I don't know if yeah. it's for Netflix, but it's at least by. Uh, that guy yeah okay wow man that's really exciting news because yeah that art style for hyper light drifter is so unique i'm interesting to see how that translates to a television show it's gonna be interesting i'm i wouldn't be surprised well i kind of be surprised if it was for netflix but um i'm I don't doubt it with uh Andy shankar producing it because like this guy knows like he knows what the style of that medium is, or you know what that product is and to just lean into it. He's not, like, trying to convert it into, like, a modern-day take on Hyper Light Drift. Like, what the hell would that even be? So he's just, like, going full force into it. And I, I fully trust him. And it's it's going to be interesting. Because he's also doing... Let me see here. I'm looking at his page right now. Uh, an Assassin's Creed anime TV series he's working on? Oh, and he, uh, Devil May Cry. That's the other one that they announced uh, not too long ago. Holy shit, he better not bite off more than he can chew. I don't, now that I'm looking at it, he might be, so now I'm a little worried. Uh, but yeah, Devil May Cry is going to be a Netflix. Assassin's Creed, I'm not sure, but it's going to be an anime series. Which, I don't know. <laughs> if you told me Assassin's Creed was getting an anime series like five years ago, I'd be all in. But <laughs> they fucking burnt that bridge for me. Like Ubisoft fucking cut me off hard, so I don't know anymore. Uh, but yeah, Two Scenes of Castlevania, Devil May Cry, Hyper Light Driver. Like, fuck, dude. <laughs> We might yeah. have good video game adaptations in other mediums soon. That's exciting. Yeah. And he's he's talked about wanting to do a Metroid one. And like oh I would like he's the best bet we have right now for a good Metroid series and just let someone else do Metroid Nintendo. You don't know what you're doing. You fucking had to reset the whole game. You announced it years ago and then said like, whoops, we messed up. Now we have to start from scratch you square one again. It's like uh just let someone else have it. Samus deserves better. Let's right. Else oh, better. absolutely. So, but that's good news, and that's uh, yep. we're on on shit topics. Very cool, and we'll also end on a maybe a good note. Depends on how <laughs> it goes, but uh, we're gonna play game or no game. So we're playing game or no game. Uh, got like 10 or so here for you. It's been a while since we played, and let's just see what you think of these. Do you think there's a game called Muscle Masquerade? Ooh. Uh, mm. Yes. That is indeed a no. Shit! <laughs> so what did you say? Like saying that? indeed. <laughs> So but no, it's a no. Uh, that was fully made up by me. Uh, let's keep this going. Do you think there's a game called Shark Tank Simulator? <laughs> uh, are you in a tank with a bunch of sharks, or are you on your show on the show Shark Tank pitching your idea to a bunch of billionaires? Uh, 
I would play either. <laughs> <laughs> That's I think there is an actual Shark Take game based off the show, which is dumb. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, there might be, there might not be, I don't know, but that's definitely like the Wii shovelware type of game, where it's just like, yeah, who's this person on daytime NBC? Yeah, let's give them a Wii game. Well, it's like, why? Yeah, you could do that with Deal or No Deal, because there's like an actual game there, but is with there like though? Shark Tank, you can't like fucking like is there a pitch game an idea. Deal or no, deal? no, it's just numbers and just yeah. guessing. Yeah, it's it's just basically, you could, I don't know, shorten that to like an hour long show to just 10 minutes. It's like, oh, okay. Just do Russian roulette. Let's speed this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shark Tank Simulator. Yeah, yes. It's a no. And I, the reason I even came up with that is because I'm a huge Shark Tank fan of the TV show. And I've been watching a shitload <laughs> of it. And I'm like, that that is funny because you could mistake it for the TV show or not. And m- me mentioning Hollywood Handbook earlier, before they had that show, they had a show called The Reality Show Show, where they just talk about a shitload of different reality shows. And they had a segment called Tanks But No Tanks. And it was all <laughs> about fucking Shark, t- t- Shark Tank. And it was so good. I can't recommend that shit enough. And like... I don't know if you're a Hollywood handbook fan and didn't listen to the reality show show, just Google tanks, but no tanks. And there's, there's probably some clips on YouTube or some shit. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I think in but England, that's no. shark tanks called dragon's lair. So if you ever run yeah. out, there's another option. Goddamn. Uh, do you think there's a game called space teeth VR space teeth VR? That's what I said. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to imagine what that is. And I was wrong the last two times, so I want to say no, but because I was wrong the last two times, and the one fallacy, the sunk cost fallacy, I'm going to say no again. It's a game. Shit. <laughs> I feel like you're destined to just get these wrong. But that's the thing. I, I was thinking to myself, that sounds like something dumb I would come up with. Yeah. It's, it's actually a thing. And I'm like, that's oh, a, God, oh, no. That's a problem with the simulator and the VR games. Yeah. Because <laughs> the VR games are like, there are some like decent games with it. But most of them are just like crazy, like trippy experiences in VR. Right. Damn it. Oh, man. What is All right. All right, I gotta like this one. You, you're gonna look that one up. Yeah. And it, it, I I did briefly, and it looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> do, do you think there's a game called Speaking of Simulators? This is the only other simulator I have in this cr- crowd of games. Do you think there's a game called Tree Simulator 2020? Uh I want to say no, but I always have been wrong so far, so that makes me want to say yes. But because I want to say yes, that makes me second guess myself. So I want to say no. And I'm gonna go with. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Game. And that's that's also a frustrating one because I remember your logic typically is like, oh, well, if it's heavy machinery, it's definitely a simulator. This is just a fucking tree. And I'm like, I definitely know it's just for the lulls. So way to go, whoever, whatever dev made that game. That's what I mean. Tree simulator. At this point, the sim- like at first, like, I don't want to say the legitimate the simulator game uh, genre because that make, just sounds dumb as shit. But, like, originally, they all were, like, the heavy machinery, like, weird job sort of simulators that were, like, very popular. But because everyone found out of how popular that weird niche genre is, now it's full of, like, meme simulators, like, the joke simulators. Exactly. All right, I got two more for you, and I got to hurry because my laptop's died. Oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> And that's usually not the case. But do you think there's a game called Sushi Time? Yes. It's a game, yeah. and yeah, no, that's a, a that's a thing with an exclamation point. Last but not least, do you think there's a game called Difficulty Two: The Hardening? <laughs> no, but I wish there was. Yeah, it's not. I thought I was proud of that one, but hey, damn it. Hey. all right, that's a no. I got some uh, right. Yeah, you didn't do too bad. That's how we play game or no game. <laughs> Well, that was a fun one. Uh, let's wrap this episode up with some plugs. I know you have another podcast. Where can our listeners find you and or listen to that? Uh, my Twitter is Brendan on Twitter. And then it's mostly just retweeting the show and my other show, which is Our Weeb There Yet, W-E-E-B. 
It's an anime podcast where me and my other anime weeby friend try to convert our non-weeby friend into being a weeb. I said weeb a lot because that's the main premise of this show and I'm trying to get it stuck in your head. And it's in the title. And it's in the title. And I believe this week's episode is going to be Revolutionary Girl Utina, which is an old, like, I'll say early, or maybe late 90s space anime that's just, like, super gay. And we had a guest (laughs) on for it. And it's, but it's that vague ambiguity gay of, like, the 90s where it's, like, we want to do gay stuff, but we feel like we'd get, like, we wouldn't have been able to make a show if we did it. So it's kind of, like, but it's like super okay it's a good it's a decent show it's not terrible you know spoilers for the episode but yeah check that out we also did keijo recently which is just full of tits and ass and i love it because everyone hates me god damn it that's the brand episode it sounds like (laughs) i love it and listener if you want to follow me or anything like that uh just check out missed out records it's my record label missedoutrecords.com missedoutrecords.bandcamp.com to stream all the music and stuff and that'll do it and if you want to follow our show or tell a friend a family member it's at abt silence on all the socials but we will be back next week thanks for tuning in see you guys see you